Welcome to Fine Rambles, number 87. So I feel like recently the <laughs> the self-appointed elites, whether they're in the government or in the media, are starting to get upset with us plebs because we're not buying the bullshit quite as readily as I think we used to. And we're sort of starting to see behind the curtain a little bit. And obviously there's there's a million examples of this. But today I just want to drill down and focus on one little area that I think is pretty representative. I think it's a pretty good example of where of where systems can get very corrupted and as a result people correctly lose a lot of faith in them and the result is just bad for everyone. And so I want to talk about the replication crisis. The replication crisis in its short form, I think, is science is broken. <laughs> I'm not sure how else to say it. The studies that scientists release and publish and then get trumpeted in the media are more and more all wrong. They're all lies. <laughs> They're all bullshit. And yet they get presented to us as gospel. And then we're expected to just bleat obediently and go along. So let's just start at the beginning. There are two journals that are the most elite in the world. And they're called Nature and Science. <laughs> nice and simple. And someone went back and looked at all the studies published in Nature and Science over a certain period and they found that 60% of the studies replicated. In other words, they passed the test of science because that's what science is about. It's about having <laughs> it's about having a hypothesis and then you test it in reality and then you publish your results and then other people can go run the same experiment and they have to get the same result you do or else your study is bullshit. And in Nature and Science, 60% of the studies passed that test, which means 40% of the studies published in the best two journals in the world were lies. 40%. And that's as good as it gets. In the best journals in psychology, the replication rates were 25% to 50%, somewhere in that range. And it's even worse than that because only the studies that reported common sense results replicated. There was no learning in the entire field of psychology. Remember the growth mindset? Bullshit. Remember grit? Bullshit. Remember all the hype around priming? Like if you played German music, people bought German wine or... If you made them read a paper about being old, they walked slower. That was all lies. It was all bullshit. But psychology is not that important, right? Let's talk about something that is important. The medical field. 
medical journals. Well, here, 60% replicated. But that is a shockingly bad number because errors in the medical field have enormous consequences. And by an amazing coincidence, all of the mistakes were in favor of very expensive over-treatment. Stents for stable coronary disease? Worthless. Mammograms for women in their 40s? Waste of time. Statins, the number one prescribed drug in America, netting billions of dollars every year for the pharmaceutical industry? Not only are they worthless, they have net negative health effects. What about screening for prostate cancer, which a million men go through every year? Useless. But it leads to unnecessary surgeries and deaths as a result of biopsy infections. What about morselators? Remember those? They were used to treat uterine cancer? Well, instead of treating uterine cancer, they spread uterine cancer. They helped the cancer metastasize. Antibiotics, right? Those Z-packs that the doctors just dole out like candy. Well, more than 10 million people just in the United States visit a doctor every year for bronchitis. And about 7 million of those people receive antibiotics. 90% of bronchitis cases are viral, (laughs) which means that something like 6 million doses of antibiotics are doled out annually for viral infections. It gets worse. Cancer studies. Cancer. I mean, can we think of a topic more serious? The replication rates were 11% to 25%. A lot of science is still based around something called epidemiology, which is basically survey questionnaires plus statistics. And then they look for correlations, and they basically state that correlation is causation, and that anything that's correlated is a, quote, risk factor. Well, that's bullshit. The the entire field of epidemiology is essentially bullshit. Epidemiology is the poster child for false correlation, for meaningless correlation. One review of nutritional epidemiology papers found that, you want to guess how many of the correlations replicated? Zero percent. (laughs) Zero percent. Remember protein window? Bullshit. Remember the worries about dehydration? Bullshit. Antioxidants? It's all marketing bullshit. Saturated fat, on the other hand? Completely fine. Salt? Fine. In 1985, the USDA told us that sugar had nothing to do with diabetes. Remember the food pyramid that said carbs were the way to go? I used to sort of give fat people a hard time in my head. But how can we blame someone for being overweight when they've been lied to by the authorities their entire lives? How do they lie? It's a good question. Okay, how do they lie? The most basic way is something called p-hacking, which basically means you just run the test until you get the results you want. There's something just called publication bias. Any study that doesn't have a positive result just doesn't get published. It never shows up in the journals, and therefore it never gets any attention. For the record, peer review, which is often 
it's often held up as sort of like the saving grace of, of published research. Peer review doesn't work. Peer review doesn't improve replication rates. Peer review is corrupt, it's biased, and it's subject to groupthink. There are more malicious examples. Scientists will just remove data they consider to be, quote, outlier. (laughs) They're cherry-picking. They know the result they want, and they will manipulate and pick the data in order to get that result. Oh, and maybe the worst thing is something just very simple I haven't mentioned, which is just the pressure to publish. The idea that you don't succeed in your field unless you feed this beast, unless you publish results that are already in line with what people expect to see. And again, there's enormous peer pressure to conform and just publish studies, whether they're true or not. Someone went and looked at all the clinical trials done for antidepressants that were submitted to the FDA. And they looked at four different biases. The first bias they looked at was publication bias, which studies got published. The second bias they looked at was outcome reporting bias. The third bias was spin. And these are essentially reporting strategies that allow you to take a negative result and and distort it and mislead the readers and present it as a positive result. And then the fourth bias was citation bias, where only positive results get press, even in other medical articles published in medical journals. Well, here were the results. Of 105 antidepressant trials, 50% were positive. They said antidepressants work. And 50% were either negative or questionable. Therefore, they did not provide evidence that antidepressants work. So, 50-50. Well, by the time you got through these four biases, 98% of the ultimate citations were either positive or spun in a positive manner. So with just four layers of lies, we move from half the evidence saying antidepressants are not effective to only 2%. And imagine if you're the scientist who wants this to be true, and someone comes and argues with you about the effectiveness of antidepressants. Well, here's what you say. Listen, listen, plebe, 98% of cited studies agree. Antidepressants work. The science is settled. Except the science isn't settled. Science, by definition, is never settled. And it's certainly not settled when it's built on lies. Lies. It's built on lies. Science has been corrupted almost to the point of uselessness, where where noise overwhelms the signal, where Self-interested institutions and individuals peddle falsehoods that they know are falsehoods in order to make money. And I think once we understand this, it becomes much easier to understand something like the anti-vaxxer movement. Because in a post-truth era, nobody knows what to believe. 
But we know that what we're told to believe is probably bullshit. But we don't have a mechanism anymore for figuring out what's actually true. Reality is irreducibly complex, and we can never analyze everything by ourselves. We need to be able to trust other people. We need to be able to trust, quote, experts not to lie, not to be corrupt. Yet that's where we are. We're at a place where the gatekeepers, the people who claim to have expertise and authority, whether it's doctors or scientists or psychologists or economists, they have failed us. They lie to us and they claim to be telling the truth. It's a real problem. It's a real problem. That's all I have this week. I'll catch you later.